Jay, it's time for our big Halloween show. It's a really, really big show. Huge. Speaking of huge, we got a huge response to last month's 1990s Halloween eBay dive. So we figured, what the hell? Let's keep that train rolling. You know, I was thinking about the same thing on our Patreon. That's where it started to get really popular. Everybody loved the eBay digs. We almost were forced into a corner to do an actual eBay dig show. Who are we to fight the machine here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So last month we did the 90s eBay dive. This month we are going to do an 80s eBay dive for Halloween and or horror items. It feels right. It feels right. And, you know, just like last time, there was so much awesome shit. We could have done 50 shows on this subject. Well, oh my God. Like the hardest thing was trying not to be terribly obvious. You know what's even crazier when we do these shows is that we can do an entire show where we each have our picks, but then we could probably do full shows on each of the picks, which gets even more meta. I actually told you that, especially about one of the picks that you made. I'm like, why aren't we doing a whole show on this? It's like, this is <laughs> fucking know. incredible. We'll get to that later. But yeah. Again, guys, the eBay thing, it's just to give us some focus. This is really just a grab bag of weird stuff that somehow ties to the Halloween season. Sometimes it's not a really strong tie, but yeah. <laughs> we did our yeah, best. Debatable. <laughs> we each picked out four recent or current auctions, and I think I went first last time, so it's your turn, right? I think you're right. So let me kick things off. Okay. Number one. Matt, my first item of the night is a glow-in-the-dark Elvira trick-or-treat bag from 1989. I wanted to kick things off strong here tonight with Elvira. I like how I said earlier that we tried not to be too obvious, and here you come right out the gate. My first pick is Elvira. <laughs> this is awesome. I love this bag. Yeah, it's. I think it was, uh, what, like $55 for this thing. And when you look at it, there's a sticker on the top, 97 cents. So that's that's how the Elvira items have escalated over the years. Yeah, they've all appreciated in value. This is a beautiful trick-or-treat bag where you see Elvira, and in the background, there's what they call a haunted hotel. It looks like the Adams Family house, basically. Uh-uh-uh. You don't see the what's psycho going on? House? It's the fucking Go Psycho with Elvira contest. Is it the exact same art? It is completely based on the Bates Motel. Yeah, I thought it was Bates, but then it looked more like the Adams Family house to me. 
they definitely changed up the art to not make it exact, but I'm just surprised that this very official Elvira product was clearly aping that, what was it, a mug root beer commercial? When it goes psycho with me, Elvira, here at the Bates Motel, look for me wherever they sell mug root beer and enter the go psycho with Elvira contest. Here's the grabber, Matt. It says glow in the dark, right? So you're thinking, okay, it glows in the dark. But what happens is when it glows, then you see ghosts coming out of the house and around the house. Oh my it's God. so cool. Yeah, what a cool concept. How did you even figure that out? Well, I mean, there's a picture. <laughs> oh, let, me, let me make that a little bigger and see if I see some ghosts. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Now I understand why there's all that white space in the foreground, because it's going to glow at night. <laughs> at first, I'm like, wow, it looks like they barely colored this thing in, but now it makes sense. I would like to have two of these clutching one Elvira bag in each hand. You should. I'm actually very surprised that you haven't at least made an offer on this yet. But it made me think, and the reason why I brought this up is because it's very timely, especially for you and I. We live in an area where bags have been outlawed. You know, you can't even get a bag anywhere. So this is even more of a novelty. So in Jersey, it's just you're completely bagless. Like you have no hope. Here where I am in New York, what Target does is they give you these like cloth bags for five cents each and they're amazing yeah so i'm like i can't believe this is less wasteful because i feel like i'm walking out with a purse every time i go shopping at target <laughs> but yes the bags have become a rare sight here so this does pop even more for us yeah and like i refuse to do the whole bag thing where you bring your bag so i'm thinking like i might make an exception for this because usually I just go to Target, put all my stuff in the cart, and then wheel it to my car and just individually throw it in my car like a savage. Same, so exactly. <laughs> because you know what? Both of us, we look like shoplifters as is. So I'm not going to walk around the store with a bag. I know that it's just yeah. going to invite trouble. But like walking in with a 1989 Elvira bag. I'll tell you what, Jay. If you're willing to do that, I will buy you the $55 bag. You would also be standing 27 feet away from me the whole time. Like, I don't yeah. know this guy. With a fucking camera going. Hello, darling. Yes, sir. Little old me. That gal with the curves that'll rattle your nerves. Elvira, mistress of the dark. Inviting you to join me here each and every week on Good Old Movie Macabre with such forgettable motion picture classics as The Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Pig, and The Mighty Gorga. Movie Macabre is more than just another television show. It's a way of life. Number two. So, Jay, there isn't a person listening to this show who doesn't know who My Pet Monster is, but I am betting that most people do not know that Amtoy also produced a villainous My Pet Monster doll named Beaster. Yes, the little-known supervillain of the My Pet Monster universe. Can you believe it? I saw this guy sail through on eBay for, uh, I think it was 285 bucks earlier in the month, and that oh sounds like God. a lot, but believe me, it isn't. Beaster is, Beaster, sorry, is super, super rare. I remember the whole thing, the whole show and everything like that, but he didn't really ring a bell too much with me, so I'm glad you brought him up. To be honest, I 
barely remembered the cartoon, so I watched it. Beaster is like the main antagonist in the show, the cartoon show, where my pet monster lives with a kid and he's basically like Alf. Right. So Beaster comes from the monster dimension and he wants to drag my pet monster back with him for some God knows what reason. I am Beaster! <laughs> yeah, so like if they get the chains, what do you call it? The shackles put back on them, then they get like it's very confusing made put, small and sent back to another if, if you put the shackles in the cartoon if you put the handcuffs on my pet monster he turns into a doll but if you put the handcuffs on beaster he just like gets smaller but he's still yeah. alive i'm like okay not really following this like good luck to the fucking five-year-olds in 1986 who tried to watch this cartoon and figure out the rules here's what got me about it though is that like right from the get-go the show starts and they do a uh, an Adams Family reference with the song, and then the song sucks. So I just <laughs> it just, it just really how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I did have a kind of note in here that depending on your angle, the show could be pretty annoying, and it's mostly because that theme is like, why is it so preschooly? Yeah, this is my pet monster. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an aspirational like, like, monster, or like a like a hard rock theme or something. Because even at the time, like you said, if you had him, like you wanted to be a badass. Exactly. And meanwhile, you got this theme song that's like my pet monster. Yeah, he's your <laughs> something friend. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck it's a, you. It just didn't make sense because no. it was a status symbol. It was like. You're thinking like bad to the bone. That's what it should. If, if that cartoon had a riff on bad to the bone as its theme, we would have already done six episodes on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the Beaster doll, this basically looks like an evil mirror image of my pet monster. He's got deep purple fur, big horn on his nose, cherry red mouth, all kinds of like crazy fangs going in every direction, big like bat ears. He's something. I actually think I might prefer this design to my pet monster. I was thinking the exact same thing. The color scheme, the horns, everything. Man, it's so neat. And this thing is really expensive. Don't ever expect to find one for $285 again, because the only reason that one sold so low is because the seller put a really bad title that didn't even mention Beaster. Oh, I love when they do that. I know, I do too. But I mean, <laughs> even then, it still went for almost 300 bucks. But this thing could sell for over 1000 with the right title. Oh my God, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Is it just me or do you love living in this world where there is a Wikipedia fandom site for Beaster? Like, you don't need to ever want for anything in this world. What I have learned doing this podcast for the last however many years we've been doing it is that there is no subject that I need to prepare for for more than like five minutes before whatever's happening happens. But I know there's a fucking... I, could, I learn everything we're talking about today, I researched 10 minutes ago. That's it. Everything's got its own wiki. My pet monster. He's bigger than big. When he fights battles, he always wins. Yeah. Too. He breaks his chains. Put him on you and break away too. With my pet monster, you're busting loose. He's big. And scary. And helps people too. And he's your friend too. My pet monster plays all day. Tough. Awesome. Looking great. And all your friends will want him for their friend too. My pet monster has breakaway chains from Amtoy and American Greetings Company. Number three. Look to my sleepy plate of orange. Ooh, 
It's the Play-Doh Count Creepyhead and Friends playset. <laughs> awesome! To do that, squish in the Play-Doh, pick a mask, twist it on, and... Ooh! Now, I'm a The Play-Doh Count Creepyhead and Friends playset comes with four masks and everything you see here. New from Kenna. Next up for me is Count Creepyhead by Kenner. This was a Play-Doh playset from 1984. Oh, what a great pick. In fact, when you told me you were going to do this one, I was really mad at myself for not thinking of it. God, son of a bitch. <laughs> so this goes for $299.99 and up. This is a Play-Doh playset that is basically a skull on almost like a mechanical type body. I don't know. He's not really. It's like a corkscrew. It's like a fucking skull on top of a corkscrew, but he's got. He's got a black cape. He's got like this black nylon cape, so you don't see that he's got no real body. He just looks like this badass skeleton monster. Right, exactly. And you shove the Play-Doh in his head, and then you squeeze his arms down, and then all the Play-Doh gushes out of the holes in his skull, and it looks like a brain spill. Yeah, it's essentially they've localized the entirety of the Play-Doh Fun Factory to this one skeleton's head, and it's incredible. I remember this thing, but I never had it. And I was a big fan of Play-Doh because I love the smell. Oh, I love the smell and the taste, if we're being honest here. <laughs> you know, it says non-toxic right on that sticker. Especially when, when you're doing like that McDonald's playset, right? Look, I know I've said some strange shit on here, but... Every kid ate Play-Doh. Like, I never ate Play-Doh, not dude, once. Dude, you missed out because it doesn't hit the same now, but back then it was fucking delicious. That's <laughs> so gross. Oh, so good. If it was edible, they would tell you that. It is edible. <laughs> so this playset was awesome, and it came with other heads that you could put on it. So you had Count Dracula, the Countess, Wolfman, and a mummy head. So it's basically like the Universal Monsters. Even Dracula looked like Bela Lugosi a little bit. They were very menacing looking. Like yeah. this playset's from the 80s, but it's got much more of a 60s, 70s vibe because these monsters are very legitimately spooky. Basically what's going on is you're putting a monster mask around this skeleton that we mentioned earlier. Then when you put his arms down, it's like trapping all the Play-Doh in there and forming it into this monster skin. Yeah, you're just mushing it into the sculpt. Just genius. You know how people like ASMR, right? I could watch Play-Doh mush into things, and it's really enjoyable. There's something about that. Well, I think you should film it. Go buy yourself a $300 <laughs> creepy head and just do it over and over again. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. That Count Creepy Head, fuck the Play-Doh. I dragged him into my Castle Grayskull, and he was one of the boys, Jay. <laughs> He became the ring general, huh? Yeah, I mean, he looks like an extra goth version of Primeval, kind of. We need to get this guy, rather than his black cape, we're going to get him like a trench coat and maybe like one of those black fedoras, and he's going to be like a, a mob boss. Oh, I could dig it. What would his name be? Count Creepytini. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a Sicilian in his past life, right? <laughs> yeah. Love it. You're the Play-Doh boy. Right. Kids love to squish it and squash it and roll it. But most of all, kids like Play-Doh because they can make anything they imagine. I remember you. I remember you, too. Play-Doh. Touch my cookies, Mommy. Oh, I had a little help. <laughs> Play-Doh. 
Halloween's coming. What are you going to do about it? Whether you do a little or a lot, be an original this Halloween and find yourself at Hallmark. Hallmark has a wedding. So this next auction I found was for $20, but there are a billion of the same thing on eBay, so everyone should feel free to shop around. In the 80s, the absolute height of Halloween fashion was Hallmark's This Is My Costume t-shirt. This was uh, written in a big, bold black font on a blazing orange t-shirt, Jay. Almost like a hair metal font. It is very hair metal, in-your-face, loud and obnoxious font. <laughs> it really is. And I don't know if uh, Hallmark was the first company to ever do the This Is My Costume gag, but they were the ones who made it popular, for sure. These shirts were everywhere. I was under the impression they invented it. This could totally be a thing now more so than it was then because now if you're buying it you're actually wearing a collectible shirt so you'd be dressing up as a person from the 80s who was too lazy to come up with their own costume which is even more complicated than a real costume so i'm totally down <laughs> so did you catch the old commercial for this um there's a hallmark halloween commercial that specifically has this shirt in it i think it's from 1989 i did see that you see the redheaded guy who models it at the end? That's Stu Charno from Friday 13th Part 2. Is it really? It totally freaking is. I didn't even realize that. He played Ted in uh, Part 2. He was one of the only people who got out of those movies alive. Oh my gosh. I you didn't remember who, know. You know who I'm talking about, right? Welcome to God's Country, that guy, yeah. Absolutely. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, that's Stu Charno, who used to do a lot of horror conventions. He's real, like, kind of like beatnik sort of vibe. Yeah. I think he was like into woodworking and marijuana. Those are his <laughs> two big things. He's an icon, man. <laughs> anyway, this pick is also just symbolic of how huge Hallmark was to the Halloween seasons back then. When we were kids, that was the place, Jay. Oh, yeah, it was. And the thing about Hallmark is that they made all their own trademarked stuff like this was an example of it but then they had like certain pins and plush toys different things so it's different than going to any other card store because you knew you were getting like brand name shit back then they were essentially like target walmart and kmart rolled into one because that was the place that where you got all of the coolest halloween stuff like mm -hmm. the spooky sounds tapes and those fucking skull pins that had the chattering teeth they all caught on people were wearing that shit good brand name yeah, and look at this shirt. It was everywhere. This stupid-ass shirt got so popular. <laughs> it did. I guess I know what you're dressing up as this year. Yeah. <laughs> you do. I mean, honestly, I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to tell you I'm wearing it because I'm not going anywhere on Halloween. <laughs> Hallmark presents Halloween as you've never seen it before. Hallmark's Boo Bazaar, where actual costume accessories create a spectacle beyond belief. <laughs> Horrify your head. Try on glowing terror. Shake in your shorts. <laughs> Everything to let the ghoul times roll is at Hallmark's Boo Bazaar. Now playing in a store near you. I'm frightened. Number five.
Let's take a minute to discuss the Ghostbusters logo doorknob cover by Superior Toys in 1986, Matt. A minute? I would be amazed if you could even get a minute out of this. What I meant to say was many, many minutes. <laughs> the Ghostbusters doorknob cover. I can't wait to hear what compelled you to pick this out of the billions of items you had to pick from. So I didn't have my bifocals on, but this says two ninety nine, two hundred and ninety nine. Oh my god! I mean, it is rare, but it's yeah. a fucking doorknob cover. Who I mean, is gonna spend three hundred dollars on that? Let me plead my case. Okay. Right? Okay. So this is part of the Odd Knobs collection. Okay. There's a there's plenty of doorknob covers. From the 80s i did notice that and they're not even all like from uh licensed things they've made up their own monsters and stuff kids are not into everyday household items but like someone out there was saying this is going to be a gold mine i wouldn't say that any of us would have turned it down would it be the first thing we picked at toys r us no no not at all who the hell asks for the doorknob cover if you got 10 bucks in your budget to play with <laughs> Exactly. If mom or dad is saying, okay, you can get something, there is no fucking chance. Maybe that's why he's charging $300. Nobody's ever actually owned <laughs> one of these doorknob covers. But the thing is, all these doorknob covers are a lot of money. And if they didn't have crazy success back then, they do now. And I figured how often would there be a chance for me to bring up a doorknob cover here in the Purple Stuff podcast? And how often would a doorknob cover be marketed to kids? This thing glows in the dark, has awesome card art, and it's based off the real Ghostbusters. I will say this, though. Um, back then, you remember, like, your bedroom door, that was a space that you'd like to decorate. So maybe this did serve a mild purpose. Let's pretend. Let's go back in time. All right. So you and I were the founders of Superior Toys. All right. Yeah. Back in the 80s. Now we're in present day, and you and I are having a adult beverage and we're talking, remember back in 89, our hottest seller, the doorknob covers? And, you know, so hot with the kiddos. Remember? Jay, you see that freaking car over there? I bought that with doorknob cover money. <laughs> we may never enjoy this height of success ever again. We owe it all to doorknob covers. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> when the sun goes down and the night goes cold and the wind is whistling through the trees it's a celebration running through the nation dancing and rocking on halloween can you feel the magic moving see the moon shining bright This is Rude Ralph. When I pull his eyeball, he can make four really gross noises. I brought him to school today. That was totally disgusting. Thanks. From Axlon, Rude Ralph. For $81.99, you can purchase the 1986 Rude Ralph toy. You said the $81.99 almost like you were 
you know, grocery store checkout line. <laughs> that Rude Ralph will be $81.99, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> I'm calling it a toy because I don't know what the fuck else you would just use. What word could you use for it's this thing? More of, you know what it reminds me? It's more of like a Adelia Dietz art piece. Yeah, I mean, there's it just defies explanation. It is a soccer-sized, disembodied, gross monster head with a pull-string eye that lets him say disgusting things. <laughs> this is just absurd. What a time! What a what time. time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was because this was released by a company called Axion, I think, and uh, it kind of looks like an oversized Madball because that's obviously what it was based on. It kind of looks like if. Like the school janitor died and he came back as a zombie, but then someone beheaded him and then like put his head in the freezer for 25 years. <laughs> You're completely right because it does have a Toxic Crusader vibe, but it's, yeah. you know, it's a little bit more like it's like Toxic Crusader meets Igor yes. meets a disembodied zombie, right? <laughs> yeah. It resembled a giant mad ball. It was definitely part of that gross toys fad of the 80s where you had the mad balls, the My Pet Monsters, the Blurp Balls, Mad Scientists, all that shit. Yeah. Kind of controversial back then, but we were into it. We were kids. Yeah, they loved the gross and disgusting because they figured, hey, that's what kids like. Meanwhile, I'm like, ooh, that's gross. <laughs> well, the thing was, like, we loved these lines, but it wasn't because they were gross. Like, that was almost like, okay, they're gross, but they're just really neat. The gross part was not the selling point. Right. I have to mention that fad because it really took a whole fad to explain why a not very big toy company would gamble on mass producing hard plastic monster heads that make noise. <laughs> this thing is pretty crazy because like you mentioned the eyeball he's got this mutated eyeball that you could pull out and it makes all this noise it's supposed to be burp fart and vomit sounds i'm glad you said it because you know i sure as shit wasn't <laughs> you know interesting note about that a lot of people who are like demonstrating this toy on youtube or selling it on ebay they think it's broken because they're expecting it to actually talk like the talking pb herman doll they don't know that it's just gonna go <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does that's exactly it yeah he's working just as good as he always did <laughs> it's true i actually still have one it's from childhood i won him at a casino arcade in oh. keensburg jay believe oh it or not oh my god yeah you i remember you saying this <laughs> yes uh my father he was enough into slot machines to actually rack up enough points for a rude ralph which as you can imagine was no small feat at a casino arcade Oh my God, it would take forever. God knows how much this Rude Ralph cost. I'm sure I could have bought an army of them for the same amount of money. I used to look at that thing and I would say to myself, well, I'd rather be having that clown from Poltergeist than this thing. You freaked out? He just grosses me out. It's just such a bizarre it toy bizarre. that only, it only could have come out in 1986. Like that's it. That was the one year where you could possibly see something like this. Does yours still make noise? You know, I was trying to find it today to give you a demonstration, but all I could find was the box. It does make noise. Oh, God, I just love this thing. This design, all those wrinkles, that big wart on his nose, those buck teeth. He is just amazing, Jay. He's gorgeous. Gorgeous. I can't believe we made all that money on Rude Ralph dolls. <laughs> 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 this is like the island of misfit toys oh my god where can we go from here
As you've been watching today's shocking interview, many of you may want to share this message with family and friends. Evil powers are trying to brainwash this generation of children, but the truth will set them free. You can take that truth to them. Let's pray that churches across the nation will rise up and expose this deception of a generation. Next up for me is the VHS tape of Deception of a Generation from 1984 which was basically a video to try to express to parents that their kids' toys were satanic. Oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe this. I mean, this tape, this stuff has been internet famous for a long time, but I'd never actually watched it until you said you were picking it. It lives up to the hype. Yeah, the same goes for me, Matt. I had never seen it before, but I always wanted to. And what made me choose it this time is that I saw the cover of the VHS tape, which I had never seen before. And they're basically exploiting Snake Mountain. They're almost marketing it like it's a Masters of the Universe product. Well, that was the big irony with all of these documentaries in the 80s. And there were a lot of like shows and videotapes that were, had this kind of vibe. They all ended up feeling more like pitches for the stuff mm -hmm. they're bitching about. That's exactly it. So this tape was 1999, and it's a ministry where this one guy, Gary Greenwald, hosts these shows that are like exposés on things that he feels are satanic and occult and all this. He actually said specifically rock and roll, marijuana, and Dungeons and Dragons. So clearly we lived through this time where everything you did was satanic. Every <laughs> single, I mean, and, and what they're telling you in the special is just absurd. Like there is not one cartoon or toy that is not satanic according to these people. We find Lionel talking to his dead father, Jaga, is that his name? Yeah. Jaga. Phil, what is this called when they talk to the dead? It's called necromology, and it's dealt with in Deuteronomy on a number of occasions, that this is something we're not even supposed to have in our homes. It's an abomination to God for us to speak to spirits of the dead or dead relatives, which are really only demons masquerading as dead ones. Right. Gary Greenwald interviewed this guy, Phil Phillips, who was an author who believes that literally everything that came out in the 80s that was aimed toward kids was like filled with demonic, satanic stuff infecting the children of the world. Phil Phillips, I am obsessed with him now. I'm obsessed with Phil Phillips. He is like a super goofy, mega religious version of Buzz from Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And did you notice that he, every time the other guy, Gary, says anything to him, Phil responds with, yes, very much so. <laughs> he I mean, does every single statement he makes begins with very much so. So the child vicariously lives through that toy. Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. And the Lord told me that, that children were being affected by these things and that I was to do something about it. All the things that they bring up here, they're talking Star Wars, G.I. Joe literally everything my little pony he-man sectors everything sectors so, that's how deep they're going mean, yeah. they're pulling out sectors but literally, i was the only kid who collected sectors and they still felt the need to trash them another one here which we found in the store called a sectors warriors of symbi symbion and it says now the battle is in your hands very interesting isn't that amazing and do you remember those uh verses in the book of revelation about the flying beast with the riders on them? 
Gary Greenwell's like, I went to the store and he's whipping out all these toys like it's Christmas morning. And you're like, wow, man, this brings back memories. They're in the fucking living room, first of all. Oh, and by yeah. the end of the tape, it's just, it looks like what you're saying. It's just a room <laughs> covered in toys. I, know. I don't know how he wants to sound credible when he literally opens the show and he's like, Let's take a look at 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally words. the first segment. And then it's... before anything else happens, you have like a 16,000-hour Scooby-Doo clip. Wicked witches, demon clouds. Where do we start, Mr. Van Gogh? You start by getting that spell book before those foolish witches destroy the world. You know they didn't get the rights to air that stuff. No, so of God knows not. how they got away with it. And but they yeah, keep showing clips of all these shows, and I'm like, um, what do they think they are? Us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of parts that are offensive because they're saying some pretty ridiculous stuff in my opinion i mean well, they are i mean there's also a lot of just casual sexism because it's the 80s and like they're basically trying to insinuate that a woman's role is essentially a very puritan housewife type exactly and there's a lot of those sentiments in various different ways being bandied around but it's great when they start talking about Zartan from G.I. Joe because he's an occultist. Uh, you know, G.I. Joe years ago used to be a guy that wore khakis and uh, was just sort of a soldier. But now he's taken on an occultic look, hasn't he? Yeah, they're slowly but surely weaving in the occult and mainly in the, in the martial arts and different things like that within G.I. Joe. Toward the end. They take out the fucking Smurfs and they're like, the Smurfs were all dead and they were homosexuals. <laughs> I couldn't believe the Smurf thing. Brother, isn't that interesting? And you know what happens to you when you die? You turn blue and your lips turn black. In other words, these are depictive of uh, dead creatures. Right. And another thing is that Smurfs is an all-male community. And you say, oh, there's Smurfette. She's a female. Well, in one cartoon, she was depicted as transforming from a male to a female through magical power. Now, what you're telling me then is that even Smurfs carry a homosexual connotation in that most of them are male. Yes, very much so. They just tear everything apart. And then, like you said, Gary Greenwald, he's literally playing with Snake Mountain in the microphone and he's doing it correctly. So you're telling All me right. he doesn't we play with We have to Snake talk Mountain about the Snake Mountain part because that is like the most famous bit from this tape. He is so obviously fucking amazed by that playset. He loves it. He's like the kid on the front of the box with the microphone. He has to stop himself because he realizes that he's super into it. Yes. Now, we, we have a toy that we got at the store, which is uh, called simply Snake Mountain. And it's got an interesting little feature here. I'm going to turn it on. It can actually transform your voice from uh, your regular voice to that of an occultic hero. Is that yeah. correct? So let's get a Skeletor type of voice. <laughs> Let me turn this on here. I, I think I'm getting it too loud. Skeletor, the master of the universe. Every single brand, everything. I mean, it's like, what <laughs> no the fuck were they telling? <laughs> what were kids supposed to do? There was nothing left by the time these two were through. The sticks. Go out sticks. And play with sticks. <laughs> nice it. jacks. <laughs> jacks. <laughs> Go skip some rocks. <laughs> I think that right now we should really reiterate you parents that are watching today 
It is your responsibility. If you allow your children to watch these cartoons, if you allow them to bring these comic books into the house, if you allow them to have these toys or you buy them for them, you're going to be held responsible before God. God says not to bring an accursed thing into your house, lest you should be accursed as it is. These things are occultic, they're accursed, they teach the children to get into spells and to witchcraft and to serve demon powers and demon occultic uh, pagan religions are, uh, the mystic religions of the East are all propagated through this and I pray in the name of Jesus today that any of you that have this, ba this bondage in your household, your children are rebellious and, and being drawn by these things, I pray in Jesus' name that God would break that bondage today. We loose it right now and we put the blood of Jesus over you, your family, and your children. God bless you now from the eagle's nest. For 30 years, a sinister secret lay hidden behind these walls. I don't want to have to remind you a second time. Just stay clear of this area. But there is something mysterious about this place that draws him closer to the truth. I'm going down that hallway. I'm going in for a closer look. Stop whatever you're doing! Don't go near the vault! And tonight, that secret is going to come out. The Hobgoblins are back. We're too late! And they're looking to party. For $29.99, you can own a copy of the 1988 smash hit, Hobgoblins. The Hobgob. Oh my god, largely considered one of the worst films ever made. I had actually never seen this before, so picking it was my excuse to finally change that. Yeah, same here. I'm glad you brought it up because how often is there something like I just never saw? We've both seen the gifts. Like, this is a popular kind of meme movie, but yeah, just it's passed us by. But now that I've seen it, at least, I am confident in stating that it is the greatest thing that has ever happened in any entertainment medium ever, Jay. <laughs> it's, it's up there. You had to realize when you were watching this, like, that is so mad. Oh, yeah, this is definitely up your alley. Shot on video with a $15,000 budget, Hobgoblins is a horror comedy. It's never really funny when it's trying to be, but it's still, like, hilarious to watch all the same. Yeah, I mean, I would say it definitely veers more funny than scary. There's very little gore. There's no nudity. I don't even know if this had a rating, but if it did, it would certainly be nowhere beyond PG-13. And it's the story of these little alien gremlins who run around trying to kill everybody. <sighs> and I don't even know if I can call them puppets, Jay. Like, they are just flat-out plush dolls. Yeah, they're almost like furry boglins. Yes, they kind of look like uh, upright zombie cats, but like they have no <laughs> animation. Wait, wait, stop. The upright zombie cats. That's your new band name. You're going to open up for the big bad voodoo daddy. Oh my God. You remember when Buster Poindexter was there? <laughs> they're just dolls. And there are scenes where people are being attacked by them. It's literally just people wrestling with dolls. It's so great. And because the plot wasn't complicated enough, the hobgoblins, who, again, barely move, they do not speak, they just kind of, like, growl, they also, for some reason, have the power to make people think they are living out their wildest fantasies. 
that whole subplot it got lost on me i I watched the whole movie and then i read a caption somewhere like on imdb i'm like is that what that movie was about yeah it's 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 very briefly explained and if you miss the explanation you don't know why they keep having these random like waking dreams yeah but yeah, it's pretty confusing. I have no idea why that curveball is in there, but it just makes the whole trip even trippier. I mean, it has a random nunchuck fight at the end. The whole movie is on YouTube, but I should warn everyone, I clocked it. It's exactly 29 minutes before the first Hobgoblin actually appears. One good thing, these creatures were designed by Ken Hall, who also created Jack Frost, Carnosaur, Ghoulies, and Critters. I did not know that, but it makes sense. I mean, it effectively looks like a ghoulie's cousin. The whole movie works because the little monsters, even though they don't really move or do anything, they are really neat looking. Yeah. I want one. I want a plushy hobgoblin. (laughs) No, you want a real one. (laughs) I want a real I mean, there's no difference, but yes. Yeah, you're right. Wait, they know how to drive golf carts. Yes, they do. And like the two people there are going to run over, just stand in their way, even though the golf cart is going maybe two miles per hour. Wherever they come from, that means they know how to drive golf carts. That's amazing. Yeah, so Hobgoblins, just fucking amazing movie, Jay. My new obsession. I don't know. How did you feel about this overall? I love the Hobgob. I'm very into it. And these characters, they're not really likable. So I, I didn't mind them getting attacked. I really liked the one. She had to go and become like a stripper for a while. I liked her. I knew you were going to like that part. <laughs> I'm like, all right. If he wasn't on board yet, I think we got him now. Yeah, they locked me in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jay, that was our 1980s Halloween and Horror eBay dive, our big show for October 2022. I would say an eBay dig because it was more Halloween-y dig, like in a cemetery. Ah, yes, a a nice little pun from the pun master. So, you want to go through mine? You want me to go through yours? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's a multiple choice, Jay. (laughs) All right, I'll go through yours. Okay. So, you had your... This is my costume shirt from the Hallmark store, which was the laziest costume ever. <laughs> you had a Beaster from My Pet Monster, the supervillain, with the crazy colors and the metal horns. I mean, he's actually very Halloween-y, purple and orange. You think My Pet Monster is hot, and then you look at this guy. Like, this oh, dude, Jesus yeah. Christ. Forget about it. Oh, and then uh, Rude Ralph, who you won at the casino arcade uh, who's very ugly and gross and his eyeballs popping out and making noises listen i've probably brought up about what like 300 things in the show before have you ever been less interested in an item as you are in rude ralph (laughs) is there anything i've mentioned that just tickles your fancy less (laughs) i'm sure there's gonna be a super cut of all the times i was not (laughs) exceptionally into something you brought up. I mean, all that was missing was an audible groan when I introduced him. 
Oh man, <laughs> Ralph. I I liked it. It was a great pick. I felt like it was a good pick. Okay, good. What else did I bring up? Anything? Uh, and then you had Hobgoblins from 1988. One of these VHS classics because I remember seeing it on video, but I just never rented it. I'm gonna drop the "This is my costume" shirt because you know I don't have much of a use for that because I actually dress up in costumes on Halloween. You're against it on principle. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna drop Rude Ralph. I know you love him, and it's just a great to stick on it the shirt great, for a moment a... before you get to Rude Ralph and and ditching him as everyone knew you would. <laughs> the only reason I brought up that fucking Hallmark shirt is because nothing else we talked about is actually Halloweeny. They needed something that had the word Halloween attached but, to it in some but, way. You know, when we were talking about what we're going to bring up tonight, I kept thinking, I'm like, yeah, none of these are really that Halloween-y at all. Like, we need to put asterisks next to every show title on the fucking feed. This show is bullshit. <laughs> Seriously. All right. But yeah, so Rude get... Ralph. He sucks, too. I get it. Rude Ralph. Yeah, I'm going to drop him. Beaster and Hobgoblins. Wow. So I like Beaster, but I'm definitely going Hobgoblins, full swing. You gotta... It's not even one of those movies that I even had, like, in the way back of my mind, like, one day I'm going to watch it. Like, I, I just had not thought about this movie in forever. Well, that's the thing, because it does have that sort of meme reputation. It got a Vinegar Syndrome release, I believe. Right. But despite that, it does not have a reputation it deserves based on how insane it is. Yeah, like, this should be a really big cult movie, not like just a kind of mid one. Absolutely. I'm with you. All right. How about my picks? All right. Let's see what you, let's see what you got. Um, <laughs> you brought up Deception of a Generation starring uh, <laughs> Phil and Gary, who hate all toys and cartoons, except yes. for Snake Mountain, who Phil just is completely over the moon about. <laughs> Count Creepy had the Play-Doh playset that had that badass skeleton in the black nylon cape who just was the most awesome freaking action figure once you got past the Play-Doh part. You brought up the Ghostbusters doorknob cover, which I'm going to eliminate right now. Not even going to pretend that has a chance. And the Elvira bag that is loosely based on the Ghost Psycho with Elvira sweepstakes. That would be Halloween-y. Yeah, That's Halloween. you're right. That does have, you know, has, you're right. Haunted Halloween Hotel. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's not going to be my pick. I'm knocking out Elvira. The doorknob cover's already gone. So we have Count Creepyhead and Deception of a Generation. I have to pick Deception of a Generation. I knew you were going to pick that, of course. I think the real crime here wasn't that. It was the fact that you dropped the doorknob cover. I mean, that was the real winner. I hate the doorknob cover. Hate it. I'm glad it's priced so high because I'm glad no one's ever going to have to fucking deal with it. But Deception of a Generation, oh my God, it is just so 80s. There are toys all over it. It is worth watching just for that. It would be hard to watch as a leisurely thing because they're insulting everything you loved growing up. So it's it's not fun at all. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it's aggravating on that front. But on the other hand, there are really nice product shots of all of these toys. Let's talk about pure evil, Matt. Ever hear of Manny Faces? <laughs> oh, my God. He's from the, the land called Etheria. This is teaching kids that it's okay to have a demonic possession. They kept saying many faces. Like, not even man-e faces. You're right. Like they didn't even get the pun. What the fuck is yeah. wrong with these two? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 
So our champions tonight, Deception of a Generation and Hobgoblins. So that concludes our Halloween eBay dig. But it does not conclude our Purple Stuff Halloween month. We still have our Patreon bonus show yet to come, Jay. Where is that? It's patreon.com slash purple stuff. Mm-hmm. Exclusive bonus shows every month. Yeah, it's going to be great. And we look forward to hanging more with you. Thank you guys for listening. And this has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. And I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time.